Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Dearest listener, allow me to unveil a delightful secret. Snag Tights Craft Clothing that embraces every body shape. In a bold endeavor to revolutionize the fashion realm, Snag has triumphed. Permit me to draw your attention to the ingenious Chub Rub Shorts, crafted with moisture-wicking yarn, promising to keep you at least one degree cooler and utterly free from the discomfort of chafing. Free shipping on select orders. Thus, the more you snag, the more you save. Do not delay. Dear listener, experience the fashion revolution that is snag and visit snagtights.us today. Hi, everybody. I am sitting across from the one and only and oh, my dear friend, the most wonderful person, Shonda Rhimes. And we are here talking about adoption. It is Adoption Awareness Month. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> And Shonda has two experiences adopting, correct? Yes, yes. Um, did you know from the time you, like, how long did you know you wanted to, like, was it something that just you knew right away you wanted to do, or was it over years? I think I always knew I wanted to adopt. Like, I've always known that I was going to adopt children. The idea that um, I would grow something inside me and it would come out was <laughs> never a thing Oof. that sounded exciting to me. <laughs> Like, it's not. And also, okay. I think, you know, I was a huge reader as a kid, and in every children's book you ever read, there's always an orphan. Right. And so somehow to me, like, adoption always seemed like a thing I knew I was going to do. Mm. Then um, I got older, and then biologically adoption became a thing I really needed to do. Mm-hmm. So, and it was lucky that it didn't phase me at all. I was kind of, like, relieved. Like, now You're like I, oh, this had always made sense to yes, me anyway. I was like, the universe is just falling into place. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Then on top of which, when I knew it was the right time to adopt was, it was, I went to, like, I, I was a writer and I was sort of, I don't know, you're like in your, I was in my early 30s and I had done, broken up with somebody and I was doing that thing where you're like really into yourself and <laughs> navel-gazing yes. hard. Yes. And I rented a, like a small house in Vermont like on like Airbnb, but it, there was no Airbnb back then, but like that version of something, and flew to Vermont and like drove like through the night to this lovely little place. By yourself. And ch- by myself, and I was going to write for a month and like find myself. Sure. I'd been reading a lot of Alice Walker. <laughs> and the next day, 9-11 happened. And so I was trapped in the middle, basically I was trapped in the middle of nowhere with nobody I knew while it felt like the world was ending. And I was super panicked and just watching like hour after hour of like what was the most traumatic stuff. And I remember thinking to myself on on that day, like, oh my God, the world's gonna end and I will have never been a mom. Like I've never had a baby. I will have never done the thing that I've always really just felt strongly about wanting to do. And it was surprising to me that that was the thing that was at the top of my list of like, this yeah, is, it wasn't this, a career thing, or it, it wasn't, wasn't a career a... thing. It wasn't. It wasn't a guy. Yeah. It wasn't a. I want to travel the world. It was. It was. I will have never had a daughter. And so I went home and I hired an adoption attorney. And literally nine months and two days after nine eleven, Harper was born. What? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, I just got goosebumps. Like serious goosebumps. So was it a public adoption, a private adoption? Had you, did, were you around people who had adopted before that could help you give advice? Or was it like you Googled an adoption attorney? Like I have to say, okay, it was a private adoption. Okay. And not only wasn't I around anybody who had adopted before, I was the only person I knew. I mean, I was 32. Yeah, I was going to say, did any of your friends even have babies? No. Because, whoa. Like, I was the only person I knew who had a baby. Like, my friends were still going out to the clubs. Yeah. Like, I, I was literally the only person I knew who had a baby. And I was the only single mom I knew. I lost, I basically, I feel like some people were like, you lost your mind. But it felt completely right and completely normal. Yeah, if and any of my friends at 32 had given me a call saying like, oh, guess what? I figured out what I'm going to do after sitting in this cottage in Vermont by myself. I'm going to adopt a baby by myself. I would be like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, that's insane. I think all of my friends thought I had lost my mind. Whoa. But they were all very like, okay, I mm -hmm. guess this is happening, you mm -hmm. know. But they thought I was bonkers. It, was, it just didn't mesh with anybody's lifestyle. But you had a real feeling, like in your gut, an Olivia Pope-like gut. Yeah, you knew it, what you knew. My gut told me everything I needed to know, and it did not feel wrong at all. So how did you find an adoption attorney? Um, I asked around. Like, I had, you know, if you're a writer in this town, you have an attorney. Mm -hmm. I asked my attorney to, like, go out into the attorney world right. and ask who adoption attorneys were. I knew, like, I'd done enough reading. Mm -hmm. um, if you were going to adopt... I highly recommend that you read this book um, by Dan Savage. Great. Dan Savage's book, The Kid, is my favorite book about adoption ever, just because it's so honest and irreverent and raw. And it was the first book I read that felt like somebody like, you know, somebody with a dark and twisty mind was adopting a kid versus and it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, versus like somebody who like should be in good housekeeping, which I never was going to be. Um, what kind of questions did you like? When you knew that you were going to adopt a baby, did you know what he or she looked like? Oh, you said daughter. So you knew it yeah. was going to be a girl. Did you also find yourself very selective as far as what that you knew you wanted to be a little girl of color, that you wanted to be a certain age? So so when I, so I found this adoption attorney, and I did that over an agency just because I had read a little bit, and it seemed like an attorney made sense in, in this state. Every law has, every state, state has a different law. Yes, yes. Um, and every state it works differently. Like some states' agencies are better and some states' whatever. So I found my adoption attorney, and he basically said to me, you need to be really clear about what you want. Like, and that sounded so weird. Like suddenly you feel like you're shopping for a person. Yeah. It's like, the, it feels kind of gross. But he was really clear. He said, the clearer you are about what you want, I mean, you can say to me, like, I'm super open and that's fine. But if you're really specific about what it is that's important to you, then what is in your head, I can put in your arms. Mm. So, and that made sense because think about this idea of, for a lot of people, and, and I got this, for a lot of people, they have dreamed of like making a baby their entire lives, of being pregnant, of having a child that's biologically linked to them. And then they have to deal with that grief and that loss of, of not being able to do that. And then once they've dealt with that, now they have this image in their head of what they always thought their child was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And then to have a child put in their arms that is nothing like their imagination, for a lot of people, that's, that's very incongruous and maybe doesn't work. Right. Um, plus, let's be frank, people have biases. People just do. And I, frankly, do not want a child of color placed in the arms of somebody who has a bias. So of course. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, you know, he was like, you know, what are you looking for? I knew that I wanted a girl. And I wanted a girl because I was a single, I knew I was going to be a single mom. Mm -hmm. And if I was going to be a single mom, I just felt strongly, while I also believe it's the feminist job to raise sons. Hell, you, holler, holler, you hello, are doing here the, we are, are doing, doing the work. it. That yeah. is it. I felt like as a single mom, I really wanted... I didn't, I was like, I know I know how to teach a young woman how to, you know, a girl how to be a young woman. I don't know if I'd know how to teach a little boy how to be a man. Oh my God. Yeah, I was worried I about went that. to Shonda, you guys, when I was just hysterical when I found out that I was having a boy. <laughs> and I was like, this is the worst. Like, I mean, I love him, but I was horrified. I mean, I'm just so scared about raising a oh, feminist man in this world. I mean, it's, it's. Any guy Scary. you put out into the world is going to be fantastic. Ooh, you and your, your lips to God's ears. Okay, so you knew you wanted a girl that made yes. sense to you. Yes, I knew I wanted a girl. And then I knew I wanted it, uh, an African-American, black, I don't know how you say it, but I knew I wanted a brown-skinned child who looked like me. Yes. In the sense of I wanted her to be as dark as me. I wanted her to be darker. I didn't care, but I wanted to make sure 
that when we were out in public, you know, our skin looked like she could look into my face and see herself in right, some way. Right. Um, I just think that's important. Mm -hmm. And I also just felt like this idea that um, there's a there's a whole colorism thing that happens in this country where people prefer lighter skinned babies. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, that didn't even occur to me. I just wanted a brown skinned baby. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about baby versus, did you know that you wanted a baby? You were on this journey for, in your mind, you had set, you knew you wanted a baby. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I can be absolutely sure of is like, there's this like weird, baby fever thing that overtakes you once you decide you want a kid. <laughs> and either, you know what I'm talking uh, about? Oh my, 100. Where like I would see babies in the grocery store and think like, if I just picked that baby up and just like ran. Right. I have it so bad right now for not even only my baby. Like right. if my baby's not around me or I'm away for a day or something like, and I see a baby, there was a baby on the plane yesterday and I was in New York and I was like, I'm, excuse me, do you mind if I just hold and smell your baby like for a good five minutes? It's like an addiction. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. Baby fever is a real thing. Um, and my sister had just had some, you know, had babies and I was just like, and they had just like, they were turning three and I was like, I was missing the baby. I wanted a baby. Yeah. yeah. Did you... Um, did you prepare? Did you have a baby's room ready? Were you registered? Or did you feel like, I don't even care about this stuff. I'm too nervous. How did you feel? Um, I... By the way, people respond this way whether or not it's biological or adopt. Like, I know yes. people who... You know, my mom was like, don't, don't you dare make mm -hmm. a baby's room until that baby's out because it's super, you know, superstitious yeah. and scary. So the and first time around... Um, and I do know this. I feel like everybody... It doesn't matter if you're pregnant or have a surrogate or you're adopting. Everybody has different plans. The first time around, I decorated the most beautiful baby's room you've ever seen in your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, and it was and it, it's an ex extraordinarily gorgeous baby's room. Oh, and it, with every single thing in it in the world. And it was spectacular. Um, and then I came home with that baby. This, oh, yes, that happened. So the second, and, and then it all worked out in the end. Like I came home without a baby, and then I went back to get the baby. But it, but it was, it was the lesson of a lifetime. Yeah, and it was probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my, my entire life. Wow. So the second time around with my second child, I did nothing. Like I had a room. Like literally, there was like a starkly empty room. <laughs> yes. This is how women yeah. kind of protect themselves. I mean, once you've gone through something like that, did you have, was it hard for you to pick yourself back up? I know we've talked about this a little bit with adoption. Just it is, you're cautiously optimistic the whole time. It's really scary. You know what? It is. And I think for me, I was, a, I, I've always been this person who I was always, I'd really like bonded with the concept of a birth mother and like what somebody else is going through and what somebody else is feeling mm -hmm. because, you know, this is as much somebody else's journey as it is yours. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people are busy thinking about like what's happening to me, what's happening to me. This is I'm getting a baby. One of the things that I, so I have a lot of friends now who are, who adopt. And one of the things I always tell them is like, it is not your baby. Like, you are only going to the hospital to see if maybe this could possibly be, be your baby. baby. That's a great way to change you know? your mindset yeah. of it. Like, this is maybe possibly your baby, but this is not your baby. And and when you go to the hospital and when you're there, I don't care how excited you might be feeling, it's, this is not your baby. You're going to be with somebody else who's in crisis, mm -hmm. who is having a baby mm -hmm. and having their own experience. Mm -hmm. And nobody tells you that. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Whoa. So that's the, yeah. So the first time does. around was a really eye-opening, like emotional experience for me and for the birth mom. And to have, you know, to to have somebody have in like the laws of like that state, like we have to make a decision like right away, to have to make a decision like that, like twenty-four hours after you've had you've had a baby, is crazy. Crazy. And so I absolutely get why she was like, change my mind, not doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, I ended up, like, literally, like, just, and by the way, this is another piece of advice I give people, don't go pick your baby up by yourself. <laughs> don't go pick your baby up by yourself, people. Yeah, you need a support network. You need this, like, 
Right? I was, I mean, I was this night, I literally was like, I'm decorating a nursery, I'm gonna go pick up my baby, I'll be home tomorrow. Like, I was so like. Yeah. Me and my baby, we're about well, to take on I, life. Well, I was also like, I'm a single mother, I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be yeah. me and the baby. It was the dumbest thing in the world because then when you're in the weird devastation mode, you're like, how do I, I have to go to the airport and find a way to get home and figure this whole thing out. Yeah. Oof, no thanks. Yeah, and so really I got home and then there's, you're staring at a nursery. And then luckily, 24 hours later, I'm getting back on a plane to go back and pick her up again, which was amazing. But still, it was like- Up, down, up, down, up, down. An emotional whirlwind. And it was definitely meant to be. And what I love about it is I can say to my daughter, like, she, you know, your birth mother really, really made, struggled and made the, you know, worked hard on that decision. Make a decision, it was very stressful for her. But and yeah. Dying to know since what's so cool about having Harper um, and Emerson is like, I'm curious to know how you tell them and talk to them about yeah. adoption and and <laughs> the conversations are interesting because I have a 16-year-old who's adopted. <laughs> I, I have a 6-year-old who's adopted and I have a 5-year-old who's born via surrogate who's but is biologically my child. Right. So I've actually Done You're really the master storyteller and vocabulary person, so I'm curious <laughs> how you talk. I mean, I would be at a loss. I've done really well with the adoption thing. And one of the things I did with starting with Harper was from like the day I brought her home, I was like telling the adoption story. Like I was working on the adoption language so that from the time she was young, it was never like, oh, you're 13. Now you can understand. Now I'm going to tell you. I was putting her in her crib at night and going like, I'm so glad we got adopted. Or aren't we lucky? We you know some like we adopted each other. Like I was doing that from the, so that because you sound really dorky and nervous saying things like that. It's like talking to your kid about sex or something. You just sound dorky and nervous, like saying these words in the beginning. But by the time she was three, You'd said it all the time, it was nothing. I'd said it so much that it was just like second Fact. nature. It's, it's, it's just here. And I sounded really comfortable and felt really comfortable saying it. It wasn't awkward for me and it wasn't awkward for her. So much so that she'd heard it so much that she was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, this is brilliant, I think. This is so great. And I remember she danced. She was, at, she was at dance class and she ran into dance class one day. And she was like maybe five. And she looked at the dance teacher and she said, I'm adopted. Like it had just occurred to her like what it meant, right. but she said it was such joy and her dance teacher looked at her and goes, I know. <laughs> and then she like high fived her and like went on. And like that was kind wow. of her moment of like understanding what these sentences had meant her whole life. That she had always heard and now maybe she was really comprehending what the word adoption right. means. And so wow. I've been playing with this idea of you answer the questions they ask, mm -hmm. but also just make it a fact of life. Mm -hmm. So I did that with Emerson, and I did that with Harper, and then one day Emerson and Beckett and I were in bed reading, and Beckett said, I'm so glad we got adopted, and I realized that I maybe missed a step. <laughs> so Beckett's the baby, right, and she's not adopted. She's not adopted. Mm -hmm. I realized I missed a step, and I suddenly realized I had not quite figured out how to explain surrogacy, surrogacy and how this egg, because we, you know, all of these, you've all grown in somebody else's tummies, mm -hmm. and you've all, you know what I mean, and you're all, then you all came home, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, but it's not the same. And we all have the same picture with the adoption attorney, at, you know, the adoption um, judge down you at the courthouse. You have the courthouse. picture from the courthouse that yeah. day when the adoption was official. Even, I even have one with, with the judge because of Beckett, because I was like, we have to take one with the surrogate, but it's all... <laughs> It's all vague to her. And I was like, I don't know how to explain this one yet. So I'm working on it. Great. She's so, how old is she now? Gosh, She's four. Five. Oh, four, yeah. And I'm always, and five. I'm always like, we got surrogated. She's like, I don't know what that is. And I'm like, I don't know either. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky 
to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty System for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion often neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt or dress they are your ideal companion remember dear listener the more you snag the more you save with free shipping on select Orders. Don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. Can you talk me through the first couple like weeks and months when you had Harper and when you had like did you get her and finally and bring her home this and you completely flipped out, lost your mind? Did it fit perfectly? Were you like calling all of your clubbing friends and you were like, <laughs> what was it like? It's funny, okay, so yes. I mean, I think when when Harper came home, no. I don't think I flipped out at all, actually. I think I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was wildly naive about what having a baby was like. Even though I'm the youngest of six and all my siblings have babies, I was wildly naive about what having a baby was like. and. I had like a movie due that I was supposed to be writing that like it was crazy. But I also feel like I was like so excited to be a mom and so excited to be there and so excited to be doing it. I was fine. What I think is interesting is people always ask me and or they don't ask me and they kind of want to ask like does it feel different? Like oh, you yeah, have like question. you have like a biological kid and you have two not at all. Like in a weird way What's cool is you can really can uh, you totally can really speak you. on this because like, you have, I mean, Beckett looks like you. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, and she looks like the spitting image of you to me. Um, and so when people are saying, "Oh, that biological thing of like you look into your baby's eyes and you see yourself," like, do you feel 
Did it feel different at first? No, <laughs> it really didn't. I yeah. mean, it truly didn't. And it's interesting how much it didn't. Like, Harper and I were like this little team forever. Mm. And so we were like, we were super bonded. It was just her and I. And it never, that was never a thing that I felt like I didn't, I looked into her eyes and we weren't reflected in one another. Mm-hmm. And then Emerson and I, were super bonded. Like I brought her to work with me every day. Yes. And she would sit in the writer's room. Yes. And I was like, she's like somehow she was like my emotional soulmate in some deep way. Like I was like, she's got the soul of a writer in her. <laughs> like we were that way. Beckett it was it was the same. It was actually in a lot of ways I was like, I this girl's complicated. Like she was <laughs> she was the baby that liked to cry a lot. And so right. I was like, this is a complicated kid. Well you know what's interesting? I mean I, I know my 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 son is I pushed him out but when I brought him home I kept saying to Adam for like six weeks like I don't feel any I feel like he is a complete stranger to me like I had the the hardest time like I'm looking at him and I know I'm supposed to feel a certain way or I'm supposed to feel this like bond and a connection he's my son but I did not feel that at all I mean I was like who is this stranger in my house and why have you messed up my life like I was like this is not so I think it's just I think it's different for each person. Like, I just think, I I don't know. I think people like to take things that happen and attribute them to the nearest possible difference. Do you know what I mean? Like, I have a friend who attributes everything in her life that doesn't work out to the fact that, like, I grew up without a dad. Like, she always says that. I'm like, that's not because you grew up without a dad. That's something you, right. You know what I mean? Or, or like, if you didn't feel a bond and you had adopted, you might have thought, like, oh, is it because I adopted? adopted, But no, like, you had, I know where that baby came from. You had a baby and you you had that feeling. Yes. And I brought home um, Harper and it was like. You felt connection. She had always been there. And we were, like, deeply connected. So it is very, it's fascinating how that happens. It's not about anything. It's just. You, where you are and your hormonal like experience and reaction to things. Um, we talk a lot on Katie's Crib about the village and support system that people have. Did you find it difficult being matched with a birth mom because you were a single mom? Like we talk about. Oh, was this it hard lot. for me to yeah. find? A, no. Like, great. No. And this is, I mean, fifteen years, sixteen years ago. Yeah. No. Well, hopefully, it's easier now. Um, there were two two things. Which one is dark and strange? And my adoption attorney said this to me. He's like, this is a horrible thing to tell you, but there's going to be a baby boom after 9-11 because people make yep. babies after yep. tragedies. Yep. So yep. there was a huge baby boom. Um, and I, I was in the weirdest position of being chosen by like 15 different birth moms. So it was like Sophie's Choice around my house. Like there were like all of these dossiers of birth moms and and their stories and babies, and it was really. um, Oh, that's really. Yeah, it it was stressful. Stressful. Yeah, because it's like you know how do you choose and twins and it was just a it was just yeah and of of varying ages and and I felt strongly like there were a couple things for me that felt important. One, I needed the story of how that child came to be to be a story that I felt like I could tell my child. Mm-hmm. Like, in that pile, there was a birth mother who was, like, 12 years old. I could not, I don't know how I could, you know what I mean? Like, while I felt for that girl, I just didn't know how I could tell my daughter mm-hmm. that story. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there were twins, and I was like, am I ready for twins? <laughs> you know what I mean? Whoa. I was like, I don't think so. No. <laughs> but what it really came down to for me was... My, the birth mom, A, she loved to read, but B, when you took her photo, my siblings and I, none of us look like each other, but we all look exactly like my mom. Yeah. Um, very in, true. In, in an odd way, right? We don't That's look like each other, but true. we all look like my mom. When you took my birth, the birth mom's picture and you put it next to all of us, she didn't look like any of us, but she also looked exactly like my mom. It was really weird. I was like, she kind of falls in that line. Wow. And it felt very like... It made sense. And like, you know, you find, you search for your little signs. It felt like it made sense. Mm-hmm. Also, we just, we bonded. Like, we bonded hard. And so that was good. Let's talk about the adoption letter. Oh. And I'm sure yours was incredible. <laughs> um, like you had said, you had a lot of offer. I mean, what is the word? I, I, I was <laughs> A lot of possibilities were in lo- front of you. A lot of birth mothers decided that they, they sort of chose me as somebody that they thought was a possibility of something they wanted to meet. So one of the things that you do is you, you know, you write this letter with a bunch of pictures of yourself. You know, basically it's a, 
it's like a very weird feeling of like a sales tool almost. Yeah. Like you here, do the same thing for buying a house, like to put you over the edge if there's like multiple yeah. buyers. But weird. it's a little bit like here I am and here's who my you know, here's my life. What and what your life would look like if you choose what your kid's life would look like. Sure. So first of all, for like three months, everywhere I went, anywhere. My poor friends, I would like hand them a camera and be like, take a picture of me jumping up and down in the snow. Take a picture of me baking this cake, you know, like holding this cake. So I, I was like, show me living my life. Like it was embarrassing. But I also was like, I don't have a lot of, I'm a single person. I don't take a lot of pictures of me. Mm-hmm. So I had to get a bunch of pictures of me, one. Two, the adoption letter was interesting because it really was me writing about all the things I wanted to do with a kid. like. You know, like I wanted to um, be a brownie troop leader, which I'm about to be. I'm so excited. Oh, my yeah. god! I wanted to be a brownie troop leader, and I wanted to have sleepovers at my house, and I wanted to, you know, like curl up in bed with the girls and watch movies, and I wanted to read all the Harry Potter books and all the things that you want to do with a like kid. So, like, I it was a lot of that, and then me just trying to explain who I am and where I came from and how I grew up in a huge family. Mm-hmm. And why I thought that I would make a good mother for somebody and why I wanted to adopt and also why, you know, like how I felt about, and this is another thing, that was like how I felt about this idea of adoption and this process of spending, of birth mother and spending time with them. Mm-hmm. And because that's the other thing, like they're, they're not looking at you because they just are like, let me pick a perfect person. They're also like, how is this going to be for me? They're as trepidatious as you are. So you, you know, it was it was me trying to convey like, I know how hard this must be. Wow, that's I really I I don't think we've heard this perspective at all, which I think is really great. The birth mom, because I'm sure some people adopt and it must be hard for them, like they say, if they're too old or whatever their issue is, or if that they just want to. And some people are probably like, I don't want to think much about the birth mom. I just want to get the baby. But you have to. Yeah. I took, I mean, there's a, there's a class, I think it, almost everybody has to take it when you're doing your home study. Yes. Um, you take a class that's sort of about all these issues. And in my class, I remember being like, I was probably younger than everybody else, but I was also the only single person in the class. And there were a lot of people there, and I think it's important, dealing with infertility, mm-hmm. who for them, they had, they had gone through a grieving process to get to this place. And so to them, it really was about like, it was about them, you know what I mean? And like, they had been waiting for years for a baby. And so it was like their eyes were on a prize, man. Mm-hmm. And for some people, a birth mother felt like a, just a, a means to an end right? versus part of the process. And I, I get it. But like, there's a, to me, there was a guilt. Like you are, you are going to find but a lot are, of joy in someone else's pain. Right, 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 right. And you are forever connected to this, to yes. this birth mother. You just, you are, you are. Yeah, and you have to remember, even if you don't see them for 18 years, they are going to come back around again. They really are. Mm-hmm. Like, your kid's going to want to meet them. Yep. I'm sure that happens yeah. in probably every case. So who was the village that you had? I know you come from a large family. You're the youngest of six, and your parents are, you're really close to your parents. Were they just your village when you brought Harper home and when you brought Emerson home? And um, well, my family wasn't living out here at the time, but I have like my one of my closest friends in the world is this, is a guy named Christopher, mm-hmm. who is Harper's godfather, who I have known forever. I mean, like truly for I I think we met. This is another weird one. We met on the day of the of the um, slow speed chase, the OJ slow speed chase. You did? Yeah, I think that's when he moved in or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And he's been involved in Harper's life since and day one. And he's been involved. He's a guy who literally, we've just been best friends forever. And he's a guy who, he became, you know, godfather, but he literally has come to over every Sunday of her life to spend time with her until she became like 15 and was like, I have to be with my friends. Yeah, like, bye. But, <laughs> but every Sunday, and I mean like he got married on a Saturday and came over on that Sunday. And I was like, um, you just got married. And he's like, and it's Sunday. Like, he's that guy. Aww. Yeah. Christopher. So you think that's probably very important for people who are adopting like I think it's I think it's key to have people, you know? I think so too. Um for instance, so like I said I didn't buy anything with with Emerson and I don't think that's that's not totally true. What I did was I didn't I refused to get anything and then somebody said you probably should get some stuff. So first I just filled like my Amazon cart with everything I needed and then I was like, "Well, when the baby comes, I'll just hit buy." Order. Yeah. But then I was like then I got too excited. So then I bought everything and I shoved it in a closet, like a back closet. 
And then when the baby was, when I was told the baby was being born and I was leaving to go. Get the um, baby. Yeah. Then I was like, everything's in a closet. And my, village, and my village put it together and like opened everything and made sure everything was okay. That's. Yeah. Um, adoption has come up a lot on all of your TV shows. Yes. You know, what's cool about how you portray adoption is that it's it's not the point of an episode. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it may have been back, you know, in the day, like Webster or Different Strokes or things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, about a family that's, like, adopted a kid. And in your storylines, a lot of times, it's just part of it. Right. Um, how important is, is it for you to depict an adoption scene? Is it just part of you so it just yeah. comes out? Like, it just... Yeah, it just feels like it's part of this, you know, it's... It's an it's part of me. Like it's a it's another way people make a family, and it makes sense to me. And frankly, it's more familiar to me than (laughs) somebody giving birth scene. So (laughs) it just it it works for me. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just arrived swim cover ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles like the made to be seen very sexy push up bra from the Very Sexy Collection in on trend hues like black shine, green, and citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Dearest listener, in a world where fashion oft neglects the true diversity of the human form, Snag emerges as the beacon of inclusivity we so desperately need, renowned for their exquisite tights. Snag has triumphantly expanded its offerings to include garments that embrace everybody. Snag's creations are meticulously designed on a lifelike figures and refined across a spectrum of shapes before gracing our wardrobes, clothing that not only promises but delivers true comfort and fit, particularly of note other chub rub shorts ingeniously crafted with a moisture wicking yarn to ensure you remain at least one degree cooler and entirely free from the dreaded chafing perfect for every season these shorts can be discreetly worn under your clothes offering a delightful alternative to traditional cycling shorts whether you are at the gym hiking or simply enjoying a day in a skirt 
or dress, they are your ideal companion. Remember, dear listener, the more you snag, the more you save. With free shipping on select orders, don't delay in experiencing the fashion revolution that is snag at snagtights.us. What other, I know you talked about the kid book. Are there any other resources or websites that you lead friends to? I'm glad to hear that you have a lot of friends who are adopting now. Like this is, I'm yeah. sure. Have you noticed a big change between 15 years ago and when you adopted Emerson? Like, It's interesting. I've noticed a change in, this, in the sense that a lot of more of my friends are adopting, but that's because my friends are older. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a fertility drop-off, ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, if Katie does an episode on freezing your eggs. Are. Okay, I have a lot to say about that topic. <laughs> yeah, I know, we should talk again. Yeah. It's the most important thing ever. Yeah. Oh, I remember, I think I was 32 and Shonda Rhimes was like, freeze your eggs! Yeah, and I went I've to the egg right. consultation. You know, that's the hot thing that I'm doing now. We're going to talk about it on Katie's Crib, but I've been taking... I take my girlfriends to their egg freezing consultations. I can't tell you how my girlfriends now. I've seen their uterus. I've seen See? their. I've seen their eggs. I know their egg count. I hold their Thank hands you. because they're single. They want to be moms really bad, and, and they got to take it in their matters into their own hands. See, mm-hmm. so everybody in my office, um, Betsy Beers, my producing partner, actually took me aside and told me that um, she thought that it was some form of sexual harassment. <laughs> for me to tell people that they needed to freeze their eggs on a regular basis to set people down and get in their face and ask them about their uteruses. So I've tried to stop. <laughs> no, but I think you can do it here. But I think it's important that people preserve their fertility because I have held the hands of too many women as they sobbed when they discovered that they couldn't have kids. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway. But anyway, we were talking about how adoption, you have noticed more people coming oh, to you yes. asking advice about adoption yes. because they're older yes, they're and they're older. not able to have kids. And then, you know, for instance, some people have come, and it's been really interesting, have just been like, we just decided we prefer to adopt, mm-hmm. which I love and I think is interesting. But I do think that more of my friends are adopting, and I think that that's good. It, it can't. It can't be bad. Do you have advice for people? What would you tell? I mean, you've already dropped some real gems <laughs> on this episode of Katie's Crib. But are is there any advice that you would say besides don't go alone? It's a good thing to come in there and know what exactly what you want. So I have this thing that I and I'm I'm holding some papers right now. I have this thing that I wrote that I give to all of my friends when they're going to have a baby. Now, it's I call it my adoption info packet. <laughs> I love uh, that. One of my friends gave me cards that say, like, adoption doula on them, which I thought was hilarious. But after she hey. came home with her baby, she was like, I'm going to give you these cards because you talk people through it, which is funny. But a couple of the things I think are important is once you get matched with a birth mother, do not tell everyone on the planet that your baby is coming. Like, you want to. You want to be like, you want to shout it from the rooftops. But once again, this baby is not your baby. Mm -hmm. You're only going to see if it's your baby. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a couple of close friends that your baby is coming. Mm -hmm. But don't tell everybody because then you might have to untell everybody. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Brilliant. Which I think is important. Brilliant. Um, You know, but you should do, like, you should prepare as if a child is coming in the sense of, like, go find a pediatrician ahead of time. Go, you know, get all those, get all the information. If you're going to need help or a baby nurse, like, go... Hire that person. Go secure all those things. Especially because if a baby shows up, the first thing you're going to want to do when you get home, no matter how many times the child's been to a doctor, is take the baby to a pediatrician. Absolutely. Like, there's all these things that you're going to want to do and you're going to want to have in place. But, you know, you just have to remember that you're preparing for a baby, not this baby. Like, that's the biggest part. Um... Another thing that I found out is that you can get, there's breast milk banks that you can get, and you can get a prescription for breast milk Amazing. from a breast milk bank, and you can feed, your, your baby can have breast milk, um, which is great for their immune system. You can do a week, you can do a month, you can do two months, like however much you can do. It's expensive, which is a problem, mm-hmm. but that's also a really good thing for immune system if you can make Donor yourself milk. do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh. I always think it's important to remember, like, to remember the birth mother in all in the process, and that's a thing I think people don't talk about a lot. Like, when you go to, if you're going to go to the doctor's visits, if you're going to go to the hospital, like, don't go and fawn over like the sonogram or the oh, baby or saying. like hold up a bunch of adorable baby clothes that you bought because she's not a part of that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you have to be respectful of her process. And I have heard bad story, you know, like just sad stories of like they show up 
and they don't seem to care, you know, the birth mother saying they don't seem to care about me at all. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just some vessel. Mm -hmm. And you have to really remember that in your enthusiasm, this person is a, you know, like she's Going not, through this process but as well. She's also not a vessel. She's a member of your family mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that people don't ever think of birth, you know, may not think of their birth moms that way. Mm -hmm. And you really have to think of a birth mom that way because that is your child's other mother forever. Mm -hmm. And you want that woman to feel loved and respected appreciated. and appreciated yeah. because that is your child's other mother for the rest of your, you know, forever. Yeah. That's important. And without her, your child wouldn't be here. Exactly. Now, I think you mentioned that earlier in the podcast, which is so helpful, which is just that she's also going through something like this. And so instead of maybe showing up, like you say, with onesies and pictures mm -hmm. of the nursery room, like you just this, maybe even a small thing of like, how are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know, you feel put some attention on the birth mom. Yeah. I think that's huge advice. I've never heard anything like that. Okay. The one piece of advice I want to get is that when you do get the baby and you're in the hospital and everything's all warm and lovely and wonderful, steal everything you can get your hands on in the hospital. <laughs> I don't know if people who give birth do this, but it yeah, is they do. certainly your right as a mother to steal every snot sucker, every plastic base, base and every like super duper every soft swaddle, pop, every, every pink swaddle. tub yeah, thingy. Steal everything you can get your hands on, stuff it in a bag and take it with you. Just do it. It's your right. You heard it here, folks. Shauna yes. Rhymes says, steal it. I love it. It's true. You can have it. It's covered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you wish you would have known before you adopted? I think one of the things that I think that nobody tells you mm -hmm. about adoption that I don't think anybody can tell you, really, or maybe people don't want to, it's like a dirty little secret or something, is that you have to remember this idea that all of this will happen. You'll go through this whole adoption process. You'll get this call. They'll be like, the baby's coming. You'll go to the hospital. It will actually be your baby. The moment will finally arrive. They'll put this baby in your arms. And you're going to feel possibly a little bit disappointed, which feels crazy. Because you have been wishing and waiting and hoping and dying for this moment forever. And then they've placed this perfect, beautiful, amazing baby in your arms. And you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> And I think that that comes from not because the baby's not amazing, but because you have had a fantasy baby in your head for a ridiculously long period of time. Yeah. And you have imagined what this baby's going to be like. You have braided her imaginary hair. Mm -hmm. You have played your imaginary games with her. You have decorated her room. You have done all of these things. And that baby is perfect. Mm -hmm. And then there's the real baby who is wonderful and beautiful and special, but those are two different babies. And one baby is never going to live up to the other baby because one does not exist. Right. So there's all that feeling that's like just left there. Right. And there's nothing wrong with having that feeling. I think a lot of people have that feeling. And they about, just pretend like no one talks about it. It's like this big secret. Yeah. It's like you're going to be disappointed. I think people who give birth have that feeling. I did. Yeah. And I feel like I'm the only person sitting here on Katie's crib. I talk about it all the time. Like I hated it. And my mom swears to me she told me, but she didn't. Like, she was like, I told you that you weren't going to feel maybe anything at first. I mean, I, but I did. I felt disappointed, like, it, because I had been imagining it for so long. And they're just different. Yeah. It's just different. And this, like, you think it's going to be this glory. I also think in a very different way for, for adoption, like, when you're, like, adopting you're like on this like magical, mystical, like amazing journey. At least I was. I was like, the universe is going to put me together with a baby. And we are, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's we a, are connected. It's a spiritual yeah. thing. And people know you're adopting. And you've been on this like mission. And you and a birth mother have been connected. And you're like, the literally, you're like, the universe has placed us here. Yeah. And you feel kind of special. It's like a drug. Like in a weird way, it's and like you've a, had to work so hard to get the right, baby, and, well, like yes. paperwork and meetings and spending money, all this stuff. It's been it's a like, marathon, yes. And yes. you are high on the endorphins of adoption, like like crazy. You are high on those on that drug, and then they give you the baby and they put you there, and the marathon's over, mm -hmm. and the endorphins go away, mm -hmm. and all of that high and all of that amazing stuff and all of that glory is gone. Like <laughs> you got a baby, and the universe is like next. Yeah. And then you just become just like everybody else. You're no longer this like glorious, you know, amazing person on a quest to find your child. You're just a parent. You're like any like other parent else, right. in baby class whose baby's throwing up on them and you haven't slept. Like it's not special anymore. And that is the goal. 
but it doesn't sometimes feel like the goal. And that is okay. Like, that's the thing. The thing to remember is that now you have a stranger in your house, which everybody has, whether or not you've given birth or not. You have a stranger in your house that you have to get to know and, like, fall in love with and figure out. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to remember that sometimes because it did feel glorious. Like, even the... The crazy, like, I'm at the hospital, is this my baby, is this not my baby, is the birth mother going to sign the papers, is she not? Like, that's a crazy high. Yeah. You're riding this incredible high, and then she signs the papers, and you then they give you a so baby. You just feel so alive. Like, you yeah. just feel like the possibilities. You felt the... more alive than yeah. you've ever felt, and you're connected on this, like, crazy way, and your emotions are right at the surface, and then you get the baby, and then it's just regular. <laughs> <laughs> Just so people know, like that is a thing, and it's completely and it's okay. okay. It's completely okay and normal, and you and yeah. it will be okay. And uh, yeah, it's completely normal. It's completely fine. That does not like don't think like oh my god, I got the wrong baby because I don't still feel that high. I don't feel amazing. This baby's not like my dream baby. The baby is your dream baby. Like the universe gave you the baby you're supposed to have. There are no mistakes there. Like mm -hmm. just go with it. It's okay. That's so great. And I think it's good. The disappointment's going to happen no matter what. Adoption, surrogacy, whatever. I hear moms have it at all. Sometimes people have that high still for a little bit. And then, you know, at the six-week mark, reality sets in that they're yes. not special anymore. And this right. is real. This is my life. Like, this is what my life looks this like now. <laughs> and yeah. that's just it. And I think... I think feeling disappointment at any point in this journey is completely okay and normal. I think motherhood is literally, parenthood in general, is just a series of disappointments punctuated <laughs> by moments of outrageous love. Yes. Like, I really do. This is exactly, <laughs> I, I feel that on a daily regular. I've learned so much about adoption in this episode. I can't even tell you, Shonda, I'm so embarrassed, but like I literally showed up and said, given up for adoption like what am i a, like a child <laughs> from the 80s like who the hell says crap like that like i just didn't even realize a lot it's of bad horrific. tv talk that you hear yes but you know i had to realize it's placed and the words that you use and it's all important mm -hmm. how it's talked about and and i've just learned so much and i i'm so thankful that you opened your experience up and your stories and your advice to me and to the viewers or listeners guys listeners we're not on tv right now we're listening to a <laughs> podcast shonda rhymes thank you so much thank you for being on katie's crib this was so wonderful and thank you for sharing all of your time and experience thank you Thank you guys so much for listening to Katie's Crib. We have a very special episode coming up with the one, the only, Dr. Harvey Karp. You guys might know his awesome books, The Happiest Baby on the Block, The Happiest Toddler on the Block. He created the five S's that we all use. He also created that insanely amazing, groovy, space-aged cradle called the Snoo. Yes, he's going to answer your questions right here on Katie's Crib. So to get ready for that, send us your questions. You can email us at katiescribpod at gmail.com or tweet your questions at me at katieqlows using hashtag katiescrib. And be sure to check out shondaland.com where you can find every episode of Katie's Crib and we've got crib notes for each episode where you can find out more about our guests and links to some of the resources we talk about on the podcast. And last but not least, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, basically like wherever you get your podcasts. 